I'm excited to do just the same thing. All right, cool. All right. Cheers one last time. Take one last little sip. Ooh, you want me to uh, do all that? Mm-hmm. Cheers. And we're live. Hello, everyone. How you doing, audience? We've missed you. We've missed you so much. In fact, we're giving you a special podcast. This podcast is special because it is just the two of us, Alex Ingram and yours truly, Landon Morley. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, it's time to podcast. Do you want to redo that because we said each other's names? I don't care. It's funny. Okay. We're, just, we're playing it by ear. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Alex, with it just being the two of us today. Just the uh, salt and sugar, respectively, right? It, the two main ingredients. <laughs> that was, I'm glad you put that on the table already. The uh, arguably the, well, not arguably the best members of the podcast. We're obviously just kidding. Ryan is out on a trip right now, and Galen is at home sick, so wishing him a speedy recovery. Definitely wishing Galen a speedy recovery, and uh, I miss both of them already, now that we've uh, had our joke. I really do. I wish they were here. There's two empty chairs right in front of us. I can almost hear the like howling cold wind from Ryan's, and then I'm almost certain I saw one of those... Uh, what do you call those like things that, like in a like old western, uh, like tumbleweed? Yeah, the tumbleweed. I can see a tumbleweed from like Galen's side of the table since it's right across from me. <laughs> well, since it's just the two of us, I'll let him know what we're up to. We got a cheap little bottle of scotch. I poured some for him, some Ooh. for me, and it is uh, okay tasting. You know, it's probably like I'm. I can handle my uh, alcohol when I drink. I don't normally drink, but. Uh, as far as like how it tastes, I'm usually just like, oh, everything tastes awful. This, for being, like you said, cheap stuff, not bad. Yeah, really not. Pretty smooth. So, Alex, while we're here today, I thought maybe the audience could get to know us as individuals a little bit better. I would love that. All right. So, why don't we dive into yours and my relationship and start with where did we meet? You know, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, can you pin down the exact moment we we really met because the reason I ask you is the way we met is sort of like for lack of a better word right now like through osmosis through uh, my relationship with Ryan mm-hmm. and you know his family so I kind of was just around you guys yeah the first time I think we ever met was when a cousin of mine Ryan's stepbrother at the time was hosting D and D. Oh at that my house. gosh, that's right. And I think you had uh, your your little mustache was just starting to come in. <laughs> you were still uh, a little bit on the chubby side, but you were you were Ryan's friend. And yes, you loved it. I think you were still at that point into the Red Ranger, and I'm fairly certain you named a character after the Red Ranger. Seriously? That sounds like you, doesn't it? Well, I mean, yes, obviously. I mean, I have. The I mean I we've shown this on other podcasts, but I have the morpher on uh, my side here of the table, and it, it actually has the Red Ranger's uh, power coin. The Give tur- us a sound clip. The Tyrannosaurus. All right, I've done this before, but you know what? Since you asked for it, um, all right. Hey, Landon, you know what time it is? What is it? It's morphin' time. 
and, and I did like a good long bit on one of the other podcasts. So if you really want to hear my uh, legacy morpher do its thing, uh, go check that episode. With dynamically enhanced audio. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I asked you to enhance the audio, and I'm I'm fairly certain you did. So. Yeah, it sounds like a real recording. <laughs> but um, to get back onto the D and D thing, as soon as you said that, it definitely flooded some memories back into uh, into my head because. I remember that was during summer, and I'm not sure if it was summer break going into ninth grade, or maybe that was the summer break after ninth grade, but um, it must have been going into ninth grade, I would say. But yeah, I remember those days were so fun, because I would just spend the night at Ryan's, and then we would all get up, and yeah, we would roll for our characters and choose what we wanted to be. Um, Your uncle had... That immense collection of miniatures. Literally, probably over a thousand. I mean, you could, it, it was like crazy to me. And like, yeah, I remembered I got to pour over every single one and just like appreciate them because I've always loved like toys and miniatures and stuff. So to look at all of them, it was so cool. And then like, I would always play like a ranger character. So I would just look for all the like hooded guys with bows or sometimes one that would have like a bow on him but he would have a sword out and that would be like the one i'd pick because i'd be like oh yeah cool because like yeah i'm a ranger with bows but i also have like swords in case anyone like comes in like close range perfect that's exactly how i remember it when we would play i'd always play a warlock or some evil spellcaster just because that was always my thing yeah and then uh ryan he would always play a cleric and i always thought that was so cool because that was my first introduction into uh really understanding like support characters in any kind of like game that's right and it's kind of funny that ryan played a cleric all the time and he ended up becoming a navy corpsman that's right that is so fitting what do you remember where do you remember us uh first meeting or what do you think was our first conversation well i would say probably i don't know if i could pin down the first one like i said i think it was just because you guys would be around, and then we would all just kind of hang out. But definitely one of the first times we probably ever spent a lot of time together and probably bonded, like all of us did, was when we did our probably our most infamous and first breakout video on YouTube, Hanging with Voorhees. <laughs> Episode 5, The Christmas Special. That's right. It's actually, yeah, it's part 5, The Christmas Special, the controversial Christmas special. Um, and <laughs> really quick, uh, listeners, if you want to look it up, just type Jason Voorhees Christmas episode five. You're and gonna, you'll find it. You're going to get a snapshot of life back in the mid 2000s, probably like t- circa 2007. Uh, rock band is at its peak um, popularity. And. <laughs> And the Wii, the uh, Nintendo Wii, is um, also at its peak popularity. And, they got a Wii. <laughs> yeah, and you're going to, if you watch that video, not only do you get to see our first video, but you get to see a prepubescent or going through puberty Alex and his cracky uh, voice. That's right. And you also get to see a prepubescent Landon Morley under a Jason Voorhees mask and probably in a Slipknot shirt. That's right. You portrayed the main, uh, obviously the main draw of the of the whole production. Yeah. Dude, Jason Voorhees. Those were some of the best summers of my life. I still remember them. Just days go by. You don't have to work. You don't have to go to school. Just playing with your friends, making stupid YouTube videos. That I would give anything to do that again. Do you ever have those thoughts of, yeah, like those just carefree days? 
and just really have that pang of sadness and almost I don't want to say regret but like kind of a regret for not appreciating it more because now you know those days are truly gone because I you know like you have memories of like those summers where I'd either be hanging out with you guys or I would just be like playing my PlayStation 2 with a game or my Xbox and it would be on all day and I would be like tearing through an RPG game or something and yeah it just felt like time was just like there was just so much of it i i totally get where you're coming from and when i think of those highlights like that absolutely those days just spent like i said doing the videos playing world of warcraft in that big computer room where there's just six computers all lined up that was amazing but i will say we tend to look through uh rose-colored goggles at the past and there were a lot of really boring days we're just like what am i gonna do no one's home. Everyone out, went out to SeaWorld with their family for the day. <laughs> so what am I going to do? I need to sit at home playing you know, video games, watching Spongebob. You're like, oh, I wish I'd be hanging out with my friends right now. You bring up a good point, though, because, yeah, your uncle's place was so immaculate. It was like a kid's like dream because, uh, to anyone, you know, to give you a better idea, you would walk in and the first floor had a... Um, a, not like a full set of stairs, but like one or two steps that would descend down. And then like Landon said, there were at least six computers, if not more at some point. And they were all internet capable, all gaming capable. I remember the, some of the first games I would ever play or even like just see them playing would be, like you said, World of Warcraft and uh, Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. And I would play Counter-Strike with them. And I just remembered being so nervous because I wanted to make a good impression because Ryan was so cool and Ryan's older brother at the time lived there, and I think he either had a shirt or a tattoo of the Rebels sign from Star Wars. And I was, you know, I was young, but I knew what it was, and so I was like, hey, I really, like, that's so cool. And I think maybe he lumped me in with, like, maybe Amber, uh, or, uh, you know, the crew, like, kind of preppy kind of crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he was like, oh, do you even know what this is? And I was like, <laughs> you know, I was like, I was excited. I was like, yeah, that's like, that's the Rebels, like, call sign. Like, that's their symbol. And he was like, obviously, he was like, oh. Like, okay. Well, you know? all right. It was like that meme where the guy's like in front of the door with his glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he like opened, he opened the door for me. Oh, I remember that. I've got to use the restroom really quick. So using the power of micro editing, we're going to be right back. And we're back. Through the power of micro editing. <laughs> I don't even think that's a real phrase. It was just something I spun off the top of my head. Honestly, though, but I loved it. And I'm glad you said that because I didn't. I did think that. I was like, "What? what's micro-editing? <laughs> I only like macro-editing. <laughs> editing the whole thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> so let's jump forward a little bit. We met in, call it 7th, 8th grade, maybe ninth grade for you. And then we did Frankenstein together. The second time you played the creature slash monster. That's right. And another great role that you portrayed so well i think <laughs> really you honestly did dude the 10-year anniversary that is coming up that blows my mind mm-hmm. i can't believe we were in high school 10 years ago i still feel like an an 18 and 17 year old sometimes yeah i honestly do too it's hard for me to uh, rein myself in and i don't rein myself in because I don't want to ever feel old, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so far, I don't. Like, I mean, heck, I, you guys even said it, like, on one of the other episodes. Like, I mean, heck, I just showed you my morpher. I love 
Power Rangers. Like, it's so awesome. I actually get up every Saturday at 8 o'clock. Or no, before 8 o'clock. I really get up at like 6 or 7 to do my whole like morning routine. But at 8 o'clock, I'm ready and raring to go. I'm watching the premiere episodes of Power Rangers, baby. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because uh, Hasbro, like I said before, blah, 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 they have it now. And, yeah, the new series called Beast Morphers is running. And, like, you know, again, it's a kid's show, so you take it at that value. Right. Honestly, like, though, for Power Rangers lore and everything, it, like, does such an awesome job, and it's so fun to watch. And really getting up at, like, early Saturday morning, like, you know, before I have work and stuff even, it kind of gives me that vibe of being a kid again, like, waking up to watch... uh, Fox, because I remember that's the like Channel Three would like have uh, X Men and like all the and Power Rangers even, <laughs> and then um, WB had like Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, and I I remember it. I would wake up on Saturdays to make sure I could watch those. Alex, you know how you and I uh, we talk a lot about photo shoots and cool ways to promote ourselves, promote the podcast, even our music stuff, whatever we're doing. I thought of a great photo op for you just now. Get yourself an adult size onesie. And lay on the floor in front of the television with Power Rangers on, and then have your stomach on the ground with your legs back up in the air. <laughs> and like my hands on my chin, like on my <laughs> jawline. Right. Just like that, that like naive, like life is ahead of me. That's right. View at the screen. <laughs> we'll even get someone to put some blush on so you've got nice rosy red cheeks too. <laughs> It's so funny you mentioned that because I was thinking the other day, like, as a joke, since, you know, like, I like to, like, I like pink and all that stuff. The color, not the artist. <laughs> I'm Nothing against the artist pink. But uh, I was thinking, like, yeah, I should, like, do a photo thing with, like, a bunch of candy. <laughs> you know, like Skittles and all, or, like, just whatever, like, a bunch of stuff. And then, uh, and even have, like, uh, my dog Brody. Like, have one picture where, like, I'm holding him, like, very regally. Or, like, how would you... uh, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. But, like, you know, just very... Like like those pictures that people will hold their cat, but it's kind of ironic and it's a meme. You know, just stoic and very serious. I had to sit there for two hours while the picture was being taken. I had to hold it very stoically. Like you were being painted back in the medieval ages. (laughs) You had to get your cat to not move for an hour and a half. Yeah, which would be impossible. Yeah, it's not a real thing you can do. Anyway, uh, backtracking, the Frankenstein, do you have any specific vivid memories from that time that really stick out to you? Yeah, I mean, a whole bunch, honestly, because that whole time period was so memorable to me because it was my senior year of high school. So a lot of that sticks out to me, especially the drama stuff, because... All four years of my high school, I went through uh, JROTC, and um, my senior year, I was a company commander, which for anyone who doesn't know, that just basically means you were the head student of that class, and when the teacher wasn't around, you basically called the shots. And I'm sure anyone who went to high school probably knows or remembers uh, that some kids in ROTC would be such little douchebags when they like would get like you know they would have little power trips and it would just be like oh okay get away from him because he's just like an asshole i like i prided myself in knowing i was never like that because you know there were all these rules about being an rotc so like outside of the uh actual rotc class if you crossed paths with another like higher ranking person that warranted the uh the like 
the need to do it, like to salute them or something. Mm. Some people would be real assholes and be like, yeah, these kids didn't salute me when clearly I am of a officer rank and I deserve that respect because I earned it. Wow, I didn't know you had to do that throughout the school. Yeah, I mean, you did pretty much. Um, you would salute. Um, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe you only had to do it around the like ROTC building and like the science building, but I'm pretty sure you had to do it everywhere because there were other rules. Like, you know, I, I'm sure you remember the uh, lovely hats, the pointed hats. Oh, yeah, I remember those. And the rule was is like once you were outside of a classroom, you had to have your quote unquote what they refer to as the cover on. And uh, if you didn't, you know, you'd get chewed out if someone, you know, called you out on it. Right. And I would maybe point it out if someone was just being an asshole about it. Like, you know, just being, like, crappy and disrespectful. But if it was someone who, like, forgot their stuff and, like, means well and they're just trying to get by and just pass, you know, school in general, mm. I, I didn't care. You know? I was like, that's not my, I, that's not my place. It's not your MO? No. And even though I did all four years... Really what that time taught me was is that I was not cut out for the military. <laughs> <laughs> At least you learned one thing. I want to kind of mention really quick that the Frankenstein play that he and I were a part of was not the Frankenstein most people are familiar with, with the uh, bolts coming out of the neck, that mindless creature. The, uh, the Frankenstein we were in was Mary Shelley's tragedy about a beast who is man-made by Victor Frankenstein, the main character, and the character I played was just the creature. Now, Alex, you played Henry, the best friend of Victor Frankenstein. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, so um, originally I actually tried out for the role of Victor Frankenstein because it was my senior year, and um, I just figured, why not shoot for it, you know? And it didn't really bother me one way or the other if I uh, got it or not, and I just figured, just try. And I remember actually being in your practice room and like practicing some of the songs, uh, modern Prometheus, and mm -hmm. in, uh, in particular, and uh, yeah, I um, ended up not getting the part, unfortunately. What's which was like, you know, I was like, oh, that's kind of lame because it was, in hindsight, a mistake on me. I was the only role I really tried out for, so I didn't tr even try for Henry or any of that. So when I didn't get it, they put put me in the role of uh, the old blind man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. So I was the original old blind man. No, yeah, that's a like Frankenstein's secret. No one knows. <laughs> I was the secret old decrepit blind man. Which I mean, honestly, in my mindset now, I wish I could have played that role. Really? Why didn't you uh, care for Henry? No, 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 no. I mean, I would still love to play Henry too, but just because I love like doing old people voices and I, oh, gotcha. I'm, I'm decrepit and blind, and uh, I just think I would have fun if I could figure it out. Huh? Do you remember the scene where my corpse, like before I was a corpse, actually, my live human being was being hung, and there was that oh man, and then jump down and like I'm hanging right there. Yes. Do you remember that? little gallows we built for it where it was just a little hole that I would jump into and I would stand right there but I would shake back and forth so it would look like I was hanging in air like I would just been sentenced to death well that was the most unsafe thing in the world because I would sometimes jump in and keep in mind this happened with the lights off couldn't see a thing in the auditorium and I would jump into that little 4 by 4 hole <laughs> and I would fall back a lot and almost kill myself <laughs> and they, it got to the point 
where um, they would have a crowd, like, you know, of angry mobsters, but secretly it was people behind me, like, ready to push me forward in case I almost died. So you said it was, like, I, I get it's, like, probably an approximation, but, like, four by four was, like, about the space you had to jump in? Yeah. So, yeah, like, if you were off a little bit, you could, like, catch your chin or, like, hit your head or something. Well, yeah, and there's a noose around my neck. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Landon, it had to be real. I mean, it was a high school production. Yeah, I can only imagine. Hey, Landon, come down now. The scene's over. Landon. <laughs> Gosh, Landon really sold it for the premiere night. Why isn't he moving? We gotta hurry up and move to the next scene. Landon, come down. He's really committed. This is this is unprecedented. <laughs> That was a great time. I remember thinking before we went on, though, that the play was going to be bad. I think we all felt that because we were really stressed out. It was the first musical Coco High had ever done. But then we did it that night, and we got standing ovations. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, the high school we went to was uh, not particularly the uh, greatest school uh, known around um, where we live. So, uh, yeah, we didn't really have a drama theater uh, team or production or any sort of plays that happened yearly or anything like that and um, I would shoot I would argue that my senior year and your junior year and your senior year were probably the strongest or at least amongst the strongest years of like a production team on at that at the school I would agree and uh, because I know probably a year I think 2009 or whatever before us, they were pretty good. I think they had some stuff. And then, I don't know. I mean, I really don't know much before when we were there. Which makes me think, uh, I don't want to name her by name, but a real shout out to our drama teacher, because I I think you may have listened to some of these before. And if you're listening now, you did a wonderful job. And I can't wait to see you for that 10-year reunion. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for putting up with us, um, for putting up with all of us. And... um, I'm really excited for that, too. It's really crazy to think that um, we are going to be going to that together. I mean, me, you, and I think Galen and Ryan are going, too, right? They are definitely invited. Yeah, because they were maybe not in the in the plays, but they were always helping behind the scenes in some way, shape, yeah. or form, or at least were always around. And, of course, friends and family and anyone you'd like to invite are welcome, too. This is going to be... So exciting. I can't wait to see all my old friends. I mean, I've ran into like some people every now and then, but really it's almost surprising how many people I haven't run into after high school. Mm -hmm. And it makes me appreciate so much more how me, you, your brother, and Ryan, how we all managed to stay in touch. Indeed. A decade later. And uh, you just brought up that we were in a band before Frankenstein doing some songs over at my place. That was when we did the talent show that year as well. Yeah, that was like, geez, I don't even think Coco had a uh, talent show before No, it then. was because that was the premiere year of the auditorium, and they really premiered it. Yeah, and uh, I remembered really being adamant about like going in, because before the talent show was ever a thing, me, you, and uh, Ryan were playing music probably for at least a year or so maybe a little less time but before that and uh we just did it you know because again at that time you just have time to burn and you just are like having fun and so yeah we just did it for the love of it we were just having so much fun figuring out new things and trying to make new stuff 
Um, and I hate to say this, but man, Landon, you, I mean, I always gave you your credit and said to anyone who asked about us when we played music, like you were the like mastermind, you were the like producer, like lead guy pretty much. And, uh, I always say this even about when the, when people ask us about music that we make together now for Phantom Circuit and stuff, like I say, man, Landon is so great because I can come to him with an idea that I have sort of fleshed out sort of have the idea like working and I talk it out with you and then we make it something real and you're always able to like kind of fill in the blanks for the parts that I need help on I'm really glad to be able to do that uh really what I owe most to you more than anything from back then was the fact that I was scared to do that show I did not think we were ready I had never been on stage in front of anybody before and you remember, I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, we're not, we can't do this show. We're going to make fools of ourselves. But you're like, come on, Landon. Like, it's a good song. Let's go ahead and go. And I am so glad you convinced me because that really changed the trajectory of my life. You know, we talked about the whole, um, the whole bullying thing last week. And I want to sort of dive in really quickly to that, the effect that it had. Because uh, I was a shy kid, never after all that really talked to anyone had a lot of friends until I started hooking up with you guys playing music and really because of that show and also because of doing Frankenstein which again thank you to our director that changed me so immensely it uh, it gave a young boy confidence when he needed it the most that was a good word you used confidence because I would say back then and um, even sometimes now with like when I talk to Ryan and uh, sometimes our friend Jeff and stuff, they always say to me like, you know, Alex, you're like the confident one, quote unquote. And it's always funny to me because I know it like comes off like that and it looks like that. And it probably to some degree is like that. But the only reason it is like that in the first place is because I am like surrounded by you guys. You know what I mean? And I have you guys to always fall back on. And I know how talented you are. And I know how talented Jeff is. And I know how talented Ryan is. And I know that all of you guys, and Galen too, obviously, <laughs> don't want <laughs> to leave anybody out. But, um, but I knew that you guys had my back. And like you said, and the way I convinced Landon at the time in school was, you know, yeah, hey, we might not have like even five songs or even heck even three full songs at the time but Landon guess what we have one really good song and that's all we're really going to be able to play anyway so why not just do it all we have to do is do this one song and um and I uh and like I said I would not have been so emboldened to uh try to uh, encourage you guys to come along with it if I didn't have you guys in the first place wow that is extremely high praise and I am humbled Thank you. Do you remember how we got our band name and oh, what it was? My God. Of course I remember what it was. <laughs> so, um, to, before we reveal what the name we decided on was, the problem was, is in our band, it was you, it was me, it was Ryan, and Larry, right? Yeah. So... We were all trying to be fair at the time, democracy, you know, trying to be fair and let everyone's voice be heard. 
So usually, when one of us would come up with a name, it would be shot down immediately. <laughs> By three other people who despised it. <laughs> but man, would it really be aggravating if you really tried to like think up a bunch of names and then not one was even stuck. And then that went for me and, and you, because we both tried. Mm. Oh my gosh. But, you know, I think it came down to the wire. Like, we pretty much, up until the last day, until we had to put in some sort of name or something, we were like, what? What, what could it even be? And so the name we decided on was A Bloody Afternoon. <laughs> I remember that was your creation. How did that happen? I can't tell you. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I was trying to fit the brand, you know, so to speak. You know, our, our sound was, uh, you know, heavy. You know, it was like metal, like kind of melodic-y sort of metal, like... Mm. I always compared it to a sort of like a Treyu because it had like rough vocal parts, but it also had sung choruses and kind of dynamic stuff that we tried to do even back then. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to like have a name that kind of like gave it that like edge, but still like invited people in. So, you know, it has like a bullet for my Valentine vibe, <laughs> you know, Avenged Sevenfold. It just fits in with all of those names. It really does when you think about it. And I think one of the other things I liked about that name was it was ABA. ABBA kind of you know like a bloody afternoon um and and it was the closest we could get on agreeing even that name we were like well it's not like I love it but it's the one I don't like the uh, or hate the least so. right and I gotta hand it to you for what you're going for if someone were to walk up to me and say dude I saw bloody afternoon on the main stage at warp tour I'd be like yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. that checks out it's a band <laughs> that was great though uh the whole experience of being behind the curtain, going last in the talent show, so we got to kind of close the night. We were the closers of that night, the headliners, I suppose you could say. And then playing a little behind the curtain, and everyone's like, whoa, they're cheering. Yeah. Ryan's double bass in his drum kit. And, uh, and to rewind a little bit for that, like Landon said, we were the closers uh, for the talent show. I, I remember we fought for that we pushed to, to, to be last mm -hmm. because for one thing it made sense because out of all the acts we had the heaviest and biggest like equipment you know we had a full live band we had the drum set we had uh amps for everything yeah. and so yeah we had a full um five was it five or four uh it was just a four-piece band right I, I get mixed up because then we added jeff on later um so yeah we were a four-piece so yeah we all had stuff except you know i just added like a microphone and uh it was uh, pretty interesting, but I remembered saying like, yeah, it just makes sense for us to be last. That way the kit can be behind the last curtain and it doesn't have to be pulled until the end. And my secret plan for suggesting all of that at that time was I knew that since we would make so much sound and we would obviously in a, a good or bad way, we would catch people's attention we would also be the last thing everybody saw. So mm -hmm. we would be the last thing in everybody's head and we made such an impression, how could you not go with us? Because um, what ended up happening was it was two separate days that they held the talent show. And the first, it was like an, uh, a night like after school and you had to vote. And so like I think it was the top five acts yep. or something. Yeah, so the top five acts went by vote. And uh, yeah, so we had to be voted in so i knew that would play to our strengths if we were the last one seen absolutely and we had it was thursday night that we did the show 
and then it was Friday the next day that we were repeated because we made it into the top five. Now that Thursday night was more like a traditional rock show where the stage is lit but the entire auditorium is dark and that was really cool. The next day, however, we didn't have that same effect. The lights were still on in the auditorium because, you know, it was high school. It was the middle of the day. People were ready to get going home. But we were behind the curtain, Mm -hmm. the big curtain that they have to draw back. And like Landon touched on earlier, what ended up happening was Ryan being our drummer, he used his double bass pedal and was just hitting on the snare, you know, brch, brch, brch. And you just played the like kind of simple little, you know, like, you know, pulling down on your strings. And oh my gosh, I remember being behind the stage and behind the curtain. And after you guys did that, that reaction of everyone on the other side, not being able to see them, but just hearing that roar of everybody, like, you know, cheering, it, like, since, like, chills up my spine. It still does for me, man. Because, like you said, like, you were a shy kid, and I know a lot of people don't, like, think this or see this now, but, like, I was super shy, and I just tried to fly under the radar and didn't try to, like like, make waves or anything. I just, like, wanted to be left alone, to be honest with you. But, again, because I had you guys, I wanted to, like leave my mark especially since i was like kind of pulling away from the whole like rotc like military vision and i was like going more into like creative stuff Mm. i really like made my uh like made my statement so to speak you know i was like you know hey i might not be progressing in that field but check out what i'm really doing and what i'm really passionate about yeah dude i remember most vividly though because the auditorium was well lit we got to see a sea full of 15 through 18 year old high schoolers just bouncing up and down to our hard rock song. I mean, kids we didn't even know. And yeah, we didn't even clarify this about the music we played. We played an original song that me, or excuse me, Landon and I and everyone else pitched in and created. And I mean, without being able to show people the actual song, for a bunch of high school kids making music, pretty... Uh, pardon my language, pretty fucking good. You know, yeah. not bad. For uh, some 17, 18 year old kids, absolutely. Like, we loved hearing the kind of music we were making and we just wanted to not, like, mimic, but we wanted to emulate and, like, have moments and, like, and, and give it to, like, the student body, you know? Like, kids we didn't even know. I wanted to, like, show them, like, look, like, you guys can, like, have fun and just do what you want to do, too. Yep. And do you remember hanging out later that night and we stopped by Publix in a different city <laughs> and some kid walked by us and said, hey, you're in that band of bloody afternoon, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think I stayed in the car, but you were with Ryan and yep. you guys like, and it was cool because yeah, like everyone like, you know, knew about it and it was, it was really fun. It was, it was a lot great. of fun. The funny thing about that is um, not too long ago, you and I ran into somebody that said something to the effect of, yeah, you guys were really popular in high school. And you and I looked at each other like, <laughs> I wish someone would have told us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, and I even touched on this a little bit earlier when I said, like, I know it might have appeared this way, but yeah, no, I was not, uh, no one filled me in on that. Mm-mm. So uh, I was just, like, doing my thing. I was literally hanging, if I wasn't hanging out with you, I was hanging out with Ryan. And if I wasn't hanging out with Ryan, then I was probably, like, at my house, like, twiddling my thumbs, because I didn't even have, like, access to a vehicle until, like, the last two weeks of my senior (laughs) year. So, like... (laughs) It was, uh, it, like, kind of sucked. Like, 
I remembered being like not like super embarrassed, but I remembered being slightly embarrassed by the fact that I still was like riding the bus and like all my other friends. It seemed like were driving and oh man, it was like it was like a killer in the uh, dating game. That yeah, was I was about sure. to say not just like going to school, but you know if you want to go out to a movie with a with a lady, <laughs> which um, man, I wish he was here because boy oh boy, if we didn't have Ryan, if I didn't have Ryan. I mean, I probably wouldn't have uh, gotten to date probably some of the most, like, meaningful, like, relationships I had probably back then. Because if it wasn't for him toting my ass around, like, you know, I would have been stuck. Dude, we should get him a trophy for his birthday that says, uh, wingman of the century. God, (laughs) He lifts me up. He lifts all of us up, I think. (laughs) We love him. Shout out to Ryan. We miss you. We wish you were here. Galen, you too. I mean, honestly, though, but Galen's just kind of like being a baby. He's just like, (laughs) Ryan is like gone because he's like, he physically just couldn't be here because he's like traveling. He's gone. He's in a different location. Galen, on the other hand, had the ability to come. He could have powered through, really. I mean, like, he, oh my God, Landon, he on one of, I think it was the first episode, maybe the second one, talked about powering through a cold, the common cold. (laughs) That's right. <laughs> so, uh, what happened, Galen? Did you not preempt this one? In his defense, he didn't say he powered through it. He said he prevented it before it took off. Yeah, well, I guess he wasn't uh, as quick on the draw this time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're just kidding. We love you very much, Galen. Alex, say you love Galen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it. No, no, obviously. Um, I feel bad because I will say this and admit it to anyone. When I get sick, I am, and I'll try to be internal about it and try not to bug people, but in my own head, I am the biggest baby in the world. And, like, it doesn't even take, like, a full-on, like, flu or cold thing. Like, I could be stopped up fully on one side. And, and I don't just mean, like, stopped up and then you wait a little while and blow your nose once or twice and it kind of clears up. I mean, like, when you're blocked and it's not going anywhere and you're stuck with it. I can't sleep. I drive myself nuts. I, if, I, if I don't, like, distract myself with, like, playing a game or doing something else, I will pace around I, I will get aggravated. I mean, it's bad. Dude, I'm the same way. When I got the flu last year, I didn't even go upstairs to my room. I just, like, laid down downstairs where everyone could see me. Therefore, everyone could take care <laughs> of me a little bit more. And I don't know why, but I guess it's a comfort thing. I watch only Friends on Netflix for the entire duration. I think I went through seasons two through four during the time I was sick with the flu. <laughs> And no, because I don't know why, but it's just my favorite comfort thing when I'm sick. I totally get it because you don't want to watch a show you really have to be invested in or have to digest and process. You just want like stuff you've either already watched enough times to just have on as background sound and kind of be a comfort, or you just put on things that are easy to digest that have kind of like the same formula. Yeah, I totally agree. Because you also know it's so feel good that in a way it helps you start to feel good. You know, I've seen Breaking Bad three times, but I would not watch it while I was sick, just because it is not a show that's meant to make you feel better. I totally get you on that. Have you ever seen the, um, I know you're not, I mean, I know you like animation stuff, but have you ever seen the Avatar Last Airbender cartoon? I've seen a lot of episodes, but never all the way through. Man, I wish I had it on Blu-ray. I do have it on DVD, the whole complete set. 
I would let you even borrow it. Landon, it is so good. I mean, it is amazing. And the, the fact that like it was on Nickelodeon was just kids programming. I mean, this show came out, I think, around 2005, 2006. So this was a show that aired like weekly and then sometimes, remember, shows that premiered like this on networks. They would take like three or four week breaks and then like would premiere an episode. So like to stay consistent with the show, you really had to pay attention to the schedule it released on. Um, but Avatar respected its story and everything and stayed really consistent with its whole plot all throughout its seasons. And so if you followed it, it was telling this big grand story. And it wasn't set up in a like serialized way where it was like, you know, you had your daily or weekly filler episode you know, structure. It was right. like, you know, each episode was dealing with a part of its, like, overall story pretty much with an occasional maybe one or two, three episodes of filler per per season. Mm-hmm. Um, it even only has uh, three seasons in total, which I think each season kind of averages about 20 to 22 episodes. So, I mean, very concise amount, and it has a very distinct beginning, middle, and end. And... Oh my gosh, it's so good. I've only ever heard good things about Avatar The Last Airbender um, movie notwithstanding. Yeah. And you know what's so weird about the live action movie? Is that uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, him and his family were big fans of the animated show. It does not show, apparently. No, he didn't get anything right from the show. He went with like traditional realism. So he'd be like, yeah, you know, in the show his name is pronounced Aang. But, you know, the proper pronunciation is Ong. So I went with Ong. And, you know, it was such a letdown, Landon, because that movie starts out with a live-action recreation of the intro from the show. Mm. And it looks pretty okay. And you're like, oh, right, maybe we're in for a ride. And in the first, like, sentence or two of dialogue from, like, the text crawl, um, the, like, girl who's playing uh, Kata- uh, Katara... She pronounces Aang as Ong, and she says Avatar as Avatar. My, like, immediately my feelings and my heart just sunk. I was just in the theater, and I was just like, oh, no. You said a text scroll. Was that, like, Star Wars? It wasn't, like, a crawl. It was just, like, the text was just up on the screen. okay. And, I mean, it is in the same vein as, like, a text scroll, like, Star Wars, really. Cool. I mean, that sounds kind of cool, but, like, why would they replace the A's? Like, it sounds like the A they used for the other one should have gone vice versa. I want to say this to anyone who's seen the movie. Have you seen the movie? No, never have. All right, so this is a scene in the movie, and anyone who's seen it will know exactly what I'm talking about. So you know, obviously, from the show, there are like elements that people can control, and the respective elements are earth, air, fire, and water. So there's this great, um, or not even like any one particular scene, but the earthbenders are always portrayed, and rightfully so, as like strong because hello they're like earth like they're like unmovable like mountain you know essentially but they're the ones who are able to move it and like and work with like this like rock and and dirt and everything sure um so they're like in the show it does a beautiful job of showing them almost like making tidal waves of earth that they can like ride on and like do all these like avalanche style things in the movie i don't know if it was like a cost issue with the effects or whatever but there's this scene where, like, five or six earthbenders do this, like, choreographed, like, martial arts kind of movements with their hands and legs and stuff. It goes on for probably, like, 10, 15 seconds, 
and then the resulting action from all of their choreographed like earth bending quote unquote is one lousy cheap rock just floating by the screen <laughs> it like it goes so slowly and then like you could walk out of the way of it by the way, I'm really laughing heartily because he had these hand potions going up and down and up and down. And see, yeah, so anyone who's seen it, they'll know exactly what I'm doing with my hands because The Rock, it's like a cartoony, like, floating, like, do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, that sounds terrible. Quick impulse. Out of all four of those, uh, Airbender, Firebender, etc., which one do you think I would be? And I'm going to say the one I think for you. Oh, all right. This will be interesting. Yeah. I know the one I would choose. I'm, I don't know if it'll be the same one you're going to give me. All right, for you, I choose air. Wow, all right, fitting, definitely fitting. For you, I would I would probably choose earth, but I would also see fire. All right, I don't really know the show, so uh, based off of what you've described, earth sounds pretty apt. Yeah, so the, not to like get super in-depth of the story or anything, not spoiling anything at all, obviously, um, the power struggles of the show, uh, earth the Earth Nation is very strong and very uh, thriving. They can pretty much contend with any other nation. They can contend with the Water Tribes, and they can um, pretty much match match strength with the Fire Nation. Mm. Um, now, the Fire Nation is like definitely like seeking more power, and they're kind of the evil uh, like bad guys of the show. Um, so they also have a very like dominant, um, almost imperialistic kind of force. So I always see you like fitting that role because like you know you could do that, um, <laughs> not in a bad way. No, no, no. I, 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 I get that. Thank you. Uh, for you, I again I don't know the show, but I picked Air one because I am privy to the fact that it's the rarest because there's only the one, right? Yeah, it's be- Ong. <laughs> <laughs> I am Ong. I'm, I am the last Airbender. <laughs> but you have an effortless way. At least it appears effortless. Of just being, just flowing through from place to place, not bothered, having a good time, and that feels very airy to me. You know, and that's actually really fitting for the show. Um, the the whole like just kind of like going with the flow is a huge part of um, like the water element and the air element. It makes and, a lot of uh, sense. And yeah, I and not maybe so much the fact that there's only one. But uh, because in the show, it's because all the other airbenders are killed off. <laughs> that's, that's not good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I could definitely see that with me. I definitely try to roll with the punches in my normal life and, and anything, really. Even in my social, like, you know, just going out life. What would you describe for you had I not chosen air? So not in the context of the show or, like, the story, like how I was setting up. But I always saw myself as a firebender. Because fire in its nature is very passionate and uh, can be a very, sometimes in the show, it definitely, it, it depicts it sometimes as a very, uh, like an element that you draw your power from emotion. Most of the time, like anger or um, some sort of like strong negative feeling. But then the show goes out of its way to show you that like once you have resolved or like settled an anger with inside yourself and you find like almost like an inner peace or something like well then where do you draw your strength from then if you drew like your confidence and your whole persona from this aggression Hmm. you know once you lose that or once you've dealt with it like where do you go from there and i i I just loved that whole thing plus in the uh story of the show firebenders 
like proficient firebenders are also able to um, do uh, lightning, and um, and the and I just thought that was always cool because like if I could pick any element out of anything, I would really pick lightning. <laughs> I like that, and I don't want to get too much into this because I know it's a rabbit hole that we'll never climb out of. But um, the firebenders definitely seem to resemble the Sith. But I like that they made that distinction because, like you said, the Sith draw from their power and their anger, but they never really highlighted a way out. You know what I mean? No. I like that Avatar did that. Yeah, in fact, I mean, really, like, the Sith and the dark side, I mean, in any, like, um, game or any, like, story I've seen, the dark side always, like, is like a almost like drugs it like drains you and like ages you and like kind of sucks the life out of you yeah all right dude so we're already like over three quarters of the way into this thing so let's do what all moms do when they tell their kids about their lives they talk about their high school life they fast forward 10 years (laughs) and then they tell them about when they were born all right so wait we fast forwarded already yeah we're gonna fast forward to like now just because oh so we're right here in the yeah. moment yeah that's one or like the past you know year i wish like a time rift would like open up right now in front of us and that version of me and you would come out and like maybe my version has like an eye patch and like has like a cybernetic like gun and your version has like a more like grizzled beard and has like a uh scars across the face yeah no you do you have like the whited out eye with like a scar going down <laughs> and you have the robotic prosthetic hand that could also like turn into like a gun like a hand cannon or something stop this podcast now you guys don't know what happens before you record any more of the podcast you have to know the next things you talk about could affect the entire world. <laughs> and before we get into the modern day, I'm going to do one more scotch. You want one? Yeah, go ahead and pour me up. All right. Finish the last bit. Good. All right. Cheers. Cheers to uh, uh, the Salt and Sugar podcast. The Salt and Sugar. Ooh. Is anyone wondering who the salt and who the sugar is? I mean, I pretty much clarified it with the whole candy talk earlier, I'm pretty sure, but... <laughs> I don't know, I'm pretty angry about that. I guess you could say I'm kind of salty. I am complicated. <laughs> what is that from? You say that so much and I love it. Okay, I'll be honest. If it's from something I don't remember, so I don't want to like claim it's my thing, but I mean... I mean, I just, I'm, I've, just, I've just started saying it, really. I really love if it. If someone could tell me what it's from, please remind me. But um, if it's not a thing, I mean, shoot, that might be that might be our first T-shirt right there. I am complicated. Great T-shirt. But if you know where it's from, let us know in the comments. At any rate, our partnership in the past year, how would you describe it? With me and you? Yeah. Oh, man, this last year for me and you has been... I mean, it's like an Apple keynote. It's like, what a great year me and Landon had. It's been such a great year for us here at Landon and Alex LLC. You know, we've achieved and accomplished so much in our R&D departments that it's completely unprecedented the amount that we are progressing forward and we are achieving and giving back to our consumer. Jesus Christ. But well no, said. But no, I mean, you know, like silly vamping aside, Landon, um, we have done a lot in not just 2019, which with the podcast alone, we've put so much work into. 
and to the credit of everyone who's helped us like uh i don't want to say any names but who's helped us with our you know our production of our pictures and editing and of all that stuff i mean thank you to everyone who's helped us with that so far but um we've we've alone have achieved so much with that because i would say arguably before anyone else was involved me and landon were the ones throwing the ball around about having a podcast yeah that's right um, we again, talked about not, it a lot not taking credit or anything absolutely not but um really like wanting to do it i always had the idea myself but never really you know had anyone else to kick it off the ground with and uh, you know landon also had the idea too and when we finally talked about it it was such an exciting time for me because i finally felt like someone was on the same page as me and i mean and look where we are now it's so exciting. It's really, it's been a lot of fun, and I feel like we're getting better and better with each and every episode. I mean, what number episode is this going to be? This is going to be five. Wow, this is episode five, and um, I don't want to, like, spoil anything, but um, we, you know, I, I think to anyone paying attention, you know, we, they will know we record every Wednesday, usually, but um, later this week, we sort of uh, will be possibly... Maybe not even possibly. I think we are recording something kind of special, aren't we? Yeah, I don't want to give away too much, but yeah. we may have a, a special guest on. But, you know, in case it doesn't work out, I don't want to get your hopes up too high. No, I, I mean, yeah, but uh, we might, may or may not have something in the works for you guys. Might have the first official guest, mm -hmm. but um, we'll see where, uh, we'll see what time leads us to when uh, when we reach it. That's really exciting. <clears throat> Trailing back a little bit. Alex, my absolute favorite thing about you is it's two-pronged. One is that you are among my most dependable of friends. Like, if you know how some people shoot the shit, like, dude, we should start a podcast. Yeah, we should totally start a podcast. And then... And then it never happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. you and I had enough passion combined that we were like, yeah, we're going to do it. And I'm so glad that we're doing it right now. And I'm so glad you guys are listening to us, too. The second thing is that you get more passionate about whatever you're doing than anyone I've ever known. I mean, like, you will throw yourself in, and you will be excited. I've heard so many times, like, dude, Alex is really excited on the podcast. <laughs> I think it's absolutely true, but I adore it, and I think it's that, that it factor that makes it so much fun. Dude, I mean, thank you so much. I really don't know what to say when, like, you say stuff to me like this. <laughs> it's tough. I, um... I just want people to know, to anyone who's listening, that I also really appreciate this. Like, I, I mean, to anyone. It, it just means so much to me that you'll listen to, to us talk. Um, and to anyone that notices that I am passionate and excited when I talk about things I really like, it's, it's honestly, it comes from a place of uh, sincerity. I just am trying to convey to anyone who's listening to me um, how it made me feel because, heck, maybe that will... In, encourage or entice you to go check it out and who knows maybe you'll have a similar experience or maybe if you don't maybe it will lead you to the next thing that does and um and i mean it sounds super cliche and tropey but you know like life's too short to be like complaining and trust me i do my fair share of it um so i i really try to focus all of myself into just things i like and just talking about things i like um the Bohemian Rhapsody thing, like, I hate coming off like I'm such a snoot, because I'm really not. You know, like, I even said with that movie, I love its music parts, and it's and it's it's really fun for that. Um, I just, you know, anyway, I don't want to... Yes, I know, I know you're passionate about that. <laughs> but I'm really glad to be doing this with you, as well as our other partners. 
And let me just reiterate to Landon because he just gave me that great compliment. Um, I would not be so bold. I wouldn't be so passionate and, and, and ready to jump into things if I didn't have such a great uh, like network, like such a great support um, group behind me. And I wouldn't even say behind me because you guys are like right there, like side by side. Like we're all side by side just doing this and having fun. Yeah, man. It's been a good time. And uh, we're right about at that hour mark already. Yeah, and you know what? I say for two guys who uh, back and forth just said how great each one was, um, (laughs) that's probably a good amount of time. Yeah, we need to end on a less sappy note. So uh, thanks, guys. Go fuck yourself. No, that's Bill Burr's. I can't steal that one. Oh, no, no. Don't don't, don't do that. We're better than that. (laughs) Thanks, guys. I don't know. What do you say? You know what? I take back Bohemian Rhapsody was shit, and if you like it, you're shit, and I don't value you as a person. And you know what? I'll just say it. Brian Singer, the original director of that movie, bad person. And you know what? The original X-Men movies that he directed, not that great by today's standards. There we Ooh, go. Sorry. I think that's the uh, the pepper that we needed to throw onto this to make it a full spicy podcast. Yeah, you got the salt and pepper and then just a just a just a dash of sugar all right thanks for listening everyone we'll get we'll get back to you soon goodbye